Hello and welcome to the Big 12 Country Podcast, where four guys in jockstrap will be covering college football and providing content and HSOs from around the Big 12. It's the Big 12 Country Podcast. Uh, we're back after a long hiatus. Uh, this is your host, Corey. And uh, tonight we're here with Kendall. Hello. And Colin. Hey, guys. So uh, why, we've kind of been off for a little while. You know, we've taken a few weeks off doing the uh, recruiting shows that we've done, the recruiting specials, which, by the way, we hope you guys have enjoyed. Uh, we really enjoyed doing them. Uh, hopefully we can find new ways to kind of reinvent that and make that better going forward. It seems like you guys like it based on the listens, which Colin can kind of keep you up to date on those. But um, it's definitely been a lot to us. <laughs> I think we've broken records over and over again for our personal best on those. So yeah, shout out to Texas Tech fans. Yeah, yeah. that one floored me. The, yeah, uh, the, the Baylor one shocked me a little bit, and that one floored me. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe that one. Like I say, thank you for everybody that came on and and uh, came on with us during the. That was that was really good. Yeah, a and, lot of good material there. And, and we've made a lot of good relationships through that. And it sounds like a lot of those guys do want to come back on in the future. So hopefully. We're going to kind of give you guys some insiders to each one of these teams since we're, you know, definitely not insiders. Maybe we can kind of get you guys a little better information on some of these teams. But uh, just since we've been offering that time, just any kind of news and notes, anything interesting you guys saw that you want to cover? Uh, OSU actually picked up an offensive line commitment for the 2018 class. I thought that was a kind of a good way to start the recruiting cycle after they basically didn't land any offensive linemen last year. I mean, yeah. Outside of the JUCO. Yeah, definitely. They, they actually picked up two. But and I and not to be you know the bearer of bad news. I just it's the first thing I think of when you mention OSU and that. Now the task is going to be hanging on to the kid till he signs. Absolutely, yeah, that's I mean a very valid point. Yeah. The one thing that's different this time, and by all means, it's you know Texas A&M hasn't offered yet, so we'll see if they come and steal like <laughs> that's that. That's true. Yeah. 75th <laughs> offensive lineman in a row or but, Tech. But. Yeah. Uh, no, it's pretty much A&M on the offensive well, line. Well, I'm tech, just mean players tech, in general. Tech goes yeah. after defensive players. Yeah. But, uh, no, uh, they have that new offensive line coach, Josh Henson. And, he, you know, he has some offensive line coaching. He he was actually rated a, a pretty good national recruiter at one point a couple of years ago. So, you know, that was kind of the, the whole problem with Coach Adkins was that, yeah, he, he seemed to do a pretty good job of coaching the guys up that were already here. But he could not close the deal on getting new recruits to come in. And, you know, it's fine to get a couple of JUCO guys here and there, but if you're not getting high school offensive linemen, you're in big trouble. Yeah, yeah, and and obviously, yeah. I mean, you need the guys there for four years, even if it's the guys that are projects that may not even play to their seniors. Yeah, it, well, at it least takes, you got all the time invested in them. It takes two to three years for an offensive lineman to really turn out, unless you just get some kind of crazy blue chip player or something mm-hmm. that's going to come in and play right off the bat. But most offensive linemen, it's about you know building the mass, getting stronger, and and working with that same group of guys and build some continuity. And then obviously, you know, repeating that process so that as one moves out, another moves in, and hopefully you don't have a drop-off. That's that's the hope, obviously. Um, oh, one, one last thing here before we, before we get started. One, one last thing. I read a an article on Texas today. And you guys probably heard this, where they split the, the team into three groups, mm-hmm. like gold, some other color, and then crimson, mm-hmm. which, of course, crimson's the worst out of all of them <laughs> just because of the rivalry and everything. Mm-hmm. But apparently they're taking it a step further. And I guess he did this at Houston also, but when they go to actually eat their meals, there's different food served to each group. Oh, wow. So if you want to eat good at Texas, you better be damn good because otherwise, <laughs> but like in this article, they said the gold team 
ate ribeyes, you know, um, ribs, all kinds of just incredible food, cheesecake, chocolate cake. And then the uh, Crimson team ate burnt hot dogs, oh, uh, hamburgers <laughs> on, <laughs> on white bread. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'd be pretty hacked, I think. I think I'd be calling mom to send me some food if that happened. Uh, that's um, pretty good stuff, though. Well, I like that. I know one thing that's getting to start coming up is, you know, the spring practice is getting to get started. Mm-hmm. So some that, of them are already underway. Yeah, some, yeah, some are underway. So I'm really interested in seeing, going into that, kind of what's what's going on, especially like, take Baylor, for example. What what, what are they going to start rolling out there offensively? Because, you know, has that – is it still going to be kind of a wide-open offense or are they going to pull it back some? Kind of what what is their, you know, attack on that? I think that's going to be very interesting to see this spring. And that's one thing I want to do too because, it, you know, I think a lot of people may jump at them in Texas that, oh, we saw this, this is what they're going to do. But honestly, if you'll ask a lot of coaches, this is a lot of the time for testing and, and playing with things and gadgets and seeing right. what you can do. So – you know, it may just more or less be, okay, we're going to see if we even have the personnel to do this. And then if we don't come summer, fall, we're going to go back to what we can do with what we got. So, you know, because, I mean, you know, some of these, in the case of Rule, which, you know, after talking to that, to our, our Baylor contact on that show, he, you know, Kevin, was it Kevin Barrera? Yeah, yeah. Kevin Barrera. He um, he basically pointed out that Rule actually did come from somewhat of a more wide-open offense. It's just that a Temple – that's what we had to. What he had to do was more of a ground and pound attack with what he had to work with. So that's what I'm interested yeah. to see. Is he going to try to adopt that? Because it, take, it takes time to recruit those people. And, and that, that's a good sign then for Baylor because if a coach is willing to change his philosophy based on the kids he has, that means coming into Baylor, he'll probably have that same mentality. Okay, mm-hmm. what what do I have to work with, and what can I get out of them? Yep. And so you know that that's always a good sign to me of a good coach. It's not necessarily you. You want to find guys that fit your program and what you do. But whenever you, especially when you come in a new situation, you got to be able to adapt, and so that's that's a good sign for Baylor. That's always our biggest knock. I know we talk about, especially at the high school level. Um, you know, a lot of these teams that aren't, you know, that aren't the Jinx and Unions of the world. In the case of the state of Oklahoma, places like that, uh, the Saint, you know, Saint, uh, what is it, Saint Augustine or whatever that Augustine. one school, uh, yeah, uh, De La Salle, those kind of places. If you're not talking about those Lauren, kind of places, yeah. maybe they don't get quite the just ridiculous kids that come there all the time. That's when you see success is when these coaches are able to come in and adapt to what, okay, this is what I have. I have speed, but I don't have size, so we're going to do this. You know, those are where we see a lot of success, and that's what you got to do in college, too, in some cases. Not a good idea to run the uh, power eye when you have a bunch of five foot five guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're in your line so, weight 130 pounds, you can't run an option. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That doesn't work out too well. So um, I know one thing for me I've, I found fascinating, and I know it's something we've touched on since we've done the recruiting specials, but just the, the state of Kansas recruiting as a whole the last, I don't know, 45 days has been pretty entertaining. Um, hey, you gotta you got to drop our, our writer's article on that. Yeah. yeah he, he wrote a piece on uh, the Kansas recruiting, how, it, how it's taken off this year and, and why it's kind of taken off. And, w- and which, by the way, since you brought that up, we kind of need to, to point that out. Uh, we, we plan on having them on the show soon to kind of introduce you guys to them. Uh, Josh and uh, Hunter. Uh, Hunter's uh, is he a, was he a Kansas State? He's a Kansas State student. That is an OU fan. Yeah, so that that's well, yeah, you, you guys got beat up on campus. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, you probably just got the dude's like house burnt down. But um, yeah, yeah, that'll be interesting. Well, I think he's a Kansas State fan first and foremost, yeah. and probably just grew up in OU. Yeah, I think didn't he grow up in Oklahoma? I have no idea. I think he's, it seems like he told me that. I could be wrong. We'll, we'll get more information on him. Um, obviously, these are people we've never met face to face, and that's something we were working out. But you know, we did do some vetting on him. Had him write some articles, and I, I think we're probably going to be trying to seek out one more if it's going to work out like I think it does in my head. Yes, for um, for all you prospective writers out there, 
drop us a line if you're you're interested in writing. We'll we'll definitely put up your work and you know you have to start somewhere. You do have to build up your your catalog and mm-hmm. to be able to show people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If that's something you want to do, journalism or whatever, this is the perfect way. Even during college, I mean, you're not out of anything. You're and I know obviously we aren't ESPN. We're not the biggest platform, but we'll give you a platform to put it on. So. Yeah, we we were definitely probably be looking for one more. So you know, hit us up, our email at Big Twelve Country. Uh, oh yeah, I changed it. I podcast at bigxiicountry.com. Yep. So that one right there. I'm not even gonna try to repeat that because I'll screw it up. <laughs> podcast <laughs> at bigxiicountry.com. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the, back to the Kansas, you know, state Kansas recruiting. It, the interesting thing is what we talked about Oklahoma State a while ago. Can can they keep those to signing day in February? That's going to be. Now, yeah, one of the the uh, the wide receiver, I forget his name. He came out, I believe it was today or yesterday, and basically said it's no joke. Like, yeah, he's, he's, he's actually yeah. committed. He's, yeah, I mean that, yeah. that's good to hear. But I mean, but still, it's one of those things where until their name signed on that that line, I you, you still you still have that worry in the back of your mind, especially this early. If it was a week before, that'd be one thing. But well, all I gotta say, if they do manage to hold on to him. Uh, they'll be worrying about holding on to uh, Tony Hall after this past this coming oh, season. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he'll he'll be a one man from everybody. That's for sure. Uh, no, they they I believe they doubled his salary after after the hot start, which obviously justified. Absolutely. If, if he keeps doing what he what he has been doing, they're gonna have to pay him a lot of money. And I and I know that's like a duh thing, but I'm like serious. It's gonna have to be a lot of money, like yeah, more than right. you would normally see. Well, or not, just give him a change of position. I, I think they bumped him up to I think it was four hundred and fifty thousand from like two twenty five. Because he's technically, by the way, the receiver's name is Devonte Jason. Yes. Yeah, and he and and that's uh, he came out and said to, he did an article with Rivals. Um, if you can't find it, if you'll go to our timeline and scroll down a little ways, it's on there. But um, yeah, he he uh, they're gonna have to. And what, he's technically what the running backs coach. Yes, he's a running backs coach. I think he's an assistant head coach now or something. Did they too. make him like that? Okay, yeah. yeah he so, got yeah. bumped up in title as well. Yeah, because that's what it's going to take. Because, yeah. I mean, you can't obviously pay a running backs coach just a running backs coach. Like, the amount of money they're going to have to pay him. So, that'll be interesting. And, and I can think of a few Big 12 teams that are probably going to be hunting him pretty yeah, soon. Like so, all other nine. Yeah. So, like, I mean, <laughs> especially well, from the running backs coach position. Yeah. Well, I was going to say not OU, but they moved Gundy to he's, he's like inside receivers coach now. Yeah, he, isn't he? He's by far the longest tenured coach with Stoops, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. With uh, Michael, even yeah, because them they would be the same yeah. if not. So yeah, yep. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of just a few things we found interesting. Uh, kind of rolling real quick into the few news and notes we did have today, starting off with most recent, and then we'll go back to a few days ago to cover it all. Uh, most recently today, obviously OU had their pro day. You know, just kind of your thoughts on that. We saw what Mixon did. I know that, you know, he's he's the most controversial figure. Some people probably, after the attacks we got over the whole Baylor thing, aren't going to like us talking about him. We're not trying to shed light on him as a positive, but we do have to bring up the subject because he's a popular, you know, popular subject. So I'll, I'll say this. my I was not surprised at all by the numbers that came out. I knew he'd measure well. I mean, he's a big kid. The speed was not a surprise. And just yeah. watching him play. Everything, I mean, everything he did on the field, to, to me, and I told Brady this earlier, what he's going to have to do is he's going to have to win some teams over in the interview rooms. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That, that's where he's got to make the win. He's going to have to talk to ownership and make them say, you know what, we'll, we'll take you. We'll give you that shot. Well, and that's the exact opposite thing that D.D. Westbrook did. From everything we're hearing, his interviews at the Combine didn't go very well. Yeah. 
you know, and it, it seems like it's really, really starting to hurt him. I mean, you're starting to hear a lot. Things are dropping away. You know, his well, measurables on the field are not all that that bad. Like speed and everything was good, but just hearing what I heard coming out of the combine was that there was a lot of people not very happy with his interviews. Well, the the thing that would worry me about him is just his weight. I mean, he's proven he can. He has great hands. He's incredibly fast. He can make plays. You know, how does he hold up in an NFL season when he's getting hit by, you know, safeties that are 215 and just bringing the wood? Well, and, and another thing was, what do you do with the bench press, like eight times, I think it was? Eight times, yeah. Which, I mean, you think, oh, a wide receiver is really not that big of a deal. But here's the thing in the NFL, they're going to yeah. get up and bust you at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. And if you can't get off that, you're you're in trouble. You're not going to have – and things happen so fast in the NFL, if you can't get open real quick, you, you're not going to get the ball. Yeah, and he got, a, he got a lot of respect in, in Big 12 play, too, with people pay, playing off of him so much. Well, that, too. And then you have a lot of his big plays were due to Baker Mayfield because he, he would roll out of the pocket or whatever and buy mm-hmm. an ungodly amount of time. Mm-hmm. And, and dude, I'll give Westbrook credit. He always found a way to come back to the ball and do the right thing. But, you know, normally you're not going to have that much time in the NFL. I can tell you that for sure. So I, I see him being – and, I, you know, you guys feel free to, to disagree with this, but I, I see him being like a, a Santana Moss kind of was. He's right. just going to be taking the top off the defense down exactly. the sideline. That's going to be the his Sean main Jackson. job. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with that. And yeah, I think I, I think he can, he can be good at that role too. Uh, I, I was just – you know, I was just expecting – before all this stuff started, I, I kind of thought he would be going higher than what they're saying now. So, I mean, well, he kind of he did himself a disservice is what I'm trying to get at. Which, yeah, you know. he, he did bad in the interview room. And then also not – not running at the combine. Why are you not showing your your greatest strength at the at the combine when you have all those teams there? Exactly, I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. So interesting day. I kind of thought, uh, you know, Peter Ryan, it kind of a little bit got swept under the rug. He got into the four fives technically today. I think that's big for him. I do too, especially at his size. Yeah, it was I four think, five nine, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's barely in, but I think four five is a lot easier for them to go to their people with and say we can take him here or here than you know, basically almost a four seven. Yeah, well, that's at the combine. That, that's so. yeah, that, that's kind of what I heard at, at you know from an NFL guy. You know, if you if you could take a four six in there to the room, it gives you a lot more leeway as far as saying draft the kid versus a four mm-hmm. seven. There's yeah. a huge difference in that mm-hmm. when it comes to you know the drafting size. So yeah, I think when that, it could actually just be two hundred of a second. Right, exactly. Yeah. Four seven one or four six nine or yeah, right. Yeah, I think that's a lot easier for them to sell. And I and I think Evans had a really good day quietly. Oh, that um, guy had a monster. I mean, day. for him, that I to me, he's probably the and this isn't saying a whole lot, especially take take it from an Oklahoma fan. He's the most complete linebacker Oklahoma sent in a while. I mean, it's been a few years. Most of these guys they've sent have been specialty type guys or guys that are way undersized and can't play the position. Or this guy can play the positions that he's going to need to be played, and he's shown that he can. You know, he has ball skills. He he can run well. He's a heck of a tackler. He's had a ton of tackles over his career. He stayed for the most part healthy. So I think when you add that to everything he did today, that means somebody surely is going to take this guy. I don't think you're going to see him fall away to undrafted free agent, but I could be wrong. No, I, I, I'm with you. I think someone. I mean, I don't see him being a a first or second day guy. But no, I, I see him definitely getting drafted though. But I, I think I think if if he would have come out and ran like a four eight and you know had like a thirty five inch vertical and you know done the rep like fifteen times maybe or something I I don't know that that would have happened but I really think that right. today helped kind of put that over the top. Well, and then you you look back at his game tape when he had all those big interception returns for touchdowns mm-hmm. in the, later in the season. Well, and that's the thing he's got ball skills. I mean, the yeah. guy was a kicker turner in high school. I mean, he can go and you get the ball in his hand, he can hurt you as a linebacker. So that's going to be attractive to a lot of teams, I think, too. Um, you know, we had some more combine stuff. Mahomes getting to the strictly the combine itself. I thought Mahomes did pretty well. 
Um, Kuiper really I, seems to be high on Mahomes. Well, nothing with Mahomes. I really thought he would run a faster forty time than he did. Yeah, I kind of thought he'd be a little. He, he just too. seems. I mean, he's one of. The, I think he's one of them players though that like his game speed is different than like his forty speed. And he knows how to get you away know? from you. Exactly. It's a different kind of speed. It's not. It's not that straight line forty yard speed. It's a. It's like football speed, like getting away. Yeah. Like and he's good in the pocket too. Like kind of like Tom Brady. I'm not trying to compare the two. Say they're the same, but you know how Brady's. You know, definitely not guys gift to athletic ability when it comes to his feet, no. but. You know, he just that last second little dove dive he'll do, right. or he'll make you miss, or whatever. You know, Mahomes is good at filling the pocket out and exactly. moving around like that. It's so, a feel for the pocket, exactly. So yeah, and, and Mel Kiper seems to be blown away by him. He's I, high on him, and I, well, I kind of think he's going to go pretty high. Well, and everyone here on you know, especially on this podcast, we, we've always been high on him. Mm-hmm. I think other people nationally have always thought, well, it's just the Texas Tech offense. Or is their scheme they run? No, the kid can throw the football. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could, he could play quarterback. That's all there is to it. And, and in the case with a lot of those guys where you just had maybe just your typical boring guys that couldn't do a whole lot, but they threw the ball well, this guy's an athlete too. So, I mean, that helps you also. You know what I mean? He's got size to him. He's not small. And he's a hell of a competitor. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you you got to like that. If you're an NFL executive and you watch his games and the way he plays, you got to like that coming from your quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know he's going to go out there and battle his butt off. I kind of thought, you know, maybe – just right coming out of the season, I thought, you know, maybe late third-round pick or something like that, fourth-round pick. I really think he goes in the second round at the latest now. Well, I really think after everything he's done, he's got a good shot. As scarce as, as quarterback position is in the NFL, mm-hmm. he very well could move up. Not necessarily are we saying he's going to be an NFL starter right away, but as scarce as the position is, mm-hmm. he's definitely going to move up the board at quarterback for sure. And, and, I mean, what are your real concerns about? I have one concern about Mahomes, and I've hit on it on the show many times if you listen to it. Every now and then his decision-making just falls apart. They'll be, you know, and it's not enough to kill you like Kenny Hill where it's a pick six maybe. But, like, for instance, against the Oklahoma, I distinctly remember, they drove down the field, got all to the end zone on a, on a key drive that could have swung the game, and he throws a pick in the intercept, right. in the end zone, and you had no clue. He had no receiver anywhere near him, you know, just stuff like that. Every now and then he has one of those that makes you go, well, I don't really know what he was looking at I, there. But I, I, other yeah. than that, I don't really have any knocks on him. Well, you know, and I kind of contribute a little bit of that to the fact that he had to do that. Yeah. I mean, he had to take chances that you shouldn't have to take in a game. Mm-hmm. But he had no other choice but to take that choice. You know, I'm not saying that that was a very smart decision. I mean, I know what you're talking about. That wasn't a good decision. But some of the ones where you're like, dang, he dropped that ball in there. It was maybe that wasn't even the best throw, but that that is the only option he had. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I kind of I don't know if at the NFL level if he'll do the same type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah. I think he pretty much had well, to to give him a chance to win. Like we said, he had to be Superman every time he stepped on the field. <clears throat> exactly. For them to even have a chance, much less win. So. Well, and, and someone else that had a, a pretty solid combine for me was Chris Carson from OSU. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he ran, did. Um, he quietly fell in behind a couple of the guys that had big days, but he did have a really good yeah, day Yeah, he said he had a, a four five eight forty. He ended up, and he was one of the top performers in bench. He had 23 reps, which obviously P. Ryan kind of led the way there. Yeah. with the uh, Which we all knew. Yeah. He yeah. did 30 as a freshman, so a, I knew, yeah. we knew he'd do at least 30. A 37-inch vertical. I mean, the guy is explosive, and he's proven that he can run strong. I know, I think – Maybe his career path is probably more of a, as a backup. Right. I think he's giving himself but a shot. I think he's giving him a shot to get to camp. Yeah. Whereas before, it was still iffy. He was going to even get a chance to get to camp. So I think that's that's positive. Well, one thing he's got going for him, too, that and I know it may not sound like a big deal, but this happens a lot, especially college to NFL. He takes care of himself, takes care of his body. He'll always be ready. You know what I mean? Like, if he's the backup running back watching tape, you know he's going to be physically ready to go in there and do what he needs to do, too, which may not sound like a lot, but that can be a big help for a coach. And we finally seen him towards the latter part of this year kind of hit holes like we kind of expected him to hit holes. Like, we mm-hmm. we were waiting on that, 
because we kept hearing from Aladim and seeing how how big a you know a physical freak he is, and we'd be waiting on that, and it seemed like finally like it kind of clicked with him. You know, and I—he he finally had an offensive line in front of him that actually gave him a shot. Well, that—that's that, a lot of it. I think that I mean, got into—I right. think that got into his head, and it was like he was expecting first contact before it even came. Yeah. The the one that this is kind of not related to the combine, but in a way it is. I, I still don't—I still don't see why Vincent Taylor came out. I think that was—I think looking back on that, that's going to be a mistake on his part. Yeah, I kind of. You know, it's kind of hard to knock the guy for the year he had because mm-hmm. he was just so – I mean, he, you know, you don't normally see guys in his specific position finding their way into the star. You know, people, oh, he made a big play here. He made a big play in his – he just found a way to constantly make big plays. And then when he wasn't even, he was still ripping people to death on the offensive line. So, you know, I it's kind of hard to knock the kid for coming out. But at the same time, I do think after we see now, obviously in hindsight, some of the stuff he does and hasn't done, I think I he probably could have paid off another year. I don't. He's not gonna. He's a. He's a third day guy. Yeah. I, bet. I don't see why you'd leave early for that. Well, I mean, I think it's one of those things too, where the agent starts selling you. Exactly. Oh, you're 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 a second exactly. round. You're for sure second round pick. Mm-hmm. And then you start. Oh man, heck, why, why, if I stay out here and bust my butt and sweat to make no money, when I can go there and make some money. Well, I mean, and, and and just not to open know. a whole other can of worms because this would if we got into it. But just like with Joe Mixon and his agent, yeah, you're um, right. I I I told you guys when he made the decision to come out. I don't think he's getting the best advice. Now, granted, I think the videotape completely changed that dynamic. I think had that not come out before January 16th when they had to declare by, I think he's probably still at Oklahoma. But once that happened, you had the agent. I don't, and obviously this agent, as we heard in some of the local interviews, and if you haven't, don't listen to <laughs> it. Google it. Um, the guy's a total ass. So I mean, you know, I don't think he's getting the best advice. He's so, not. I mean, um, you know, and that's what happens to some of these guys. These people start telling them their family and friends are already telling them you're the best thing ever. You know, especially the money-hungry ones. We need you to get there, and you know you're the best. And they're and then they get out there and struggle against some of the guys who are the best, and realize they're not. But by that point, which is another reason why I have a problem with the system as a whole, I do think there's a way you should be able to come back post combine if you don't do well. But that's a whole other issue. Um, so yeah, I you know to me, I can't really knock the guy, but at the same time, I do get it. I think he should have probably come back too. So. But I mean, you could say that about a lot of guys. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely. go on and on about a lot of guys. Well, well it's a hard, it's an incredibly hard decision to make. It is exactly so, because of the system because yeah. they will not let right. you. But once you it, get past that January 16th deadline, you're it, you're in. And that, and that brings up like a point or, that I, I date it is. That I've always had an issue with is the whole NFL grading system. <laughs> How can you grade a kid in January and say he's a second round pick, and mm-hmm. then after the combine you say, oh, he's like late fifth sixth round pick yep how can there be four rounds difference mm-hmm. whenever you give the kid a grade saying this is what he's going to be and then he he has to do all that grade at the combine and now all of a sudden he's dropped four rounds and you like know what that, the worst thing is about that the rate grade you gave him first was based on what you saw him do on the field during college the grade you're giving him after that's what you've seen him doing a pair of shorts you know working out right and i get all that stuff's important the reason they do these things is a test explosion and all these different things but still like i want to see what the kid can do on the field and to me that's going to hold a little more weight Maybe I do drop it back, but not that far back. You know what I mean? I mean, so, to me, the combine should be more like, okay, well, this kid right here, we kind of have him a third round, but you know, he's more explosive than we thought. We might, we might bump him up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's to me is kind of what a combine should be. Or, but I mean, there shouldn't be like you know, you shouldn't be a big drastic drops in a kid. If you think he's a second rounder in January, you should still be a second rounder in April. Mm-hmm. I, I've never understood that. Yeah, I, I mean, if it was up to me, they would move the signing day back for college because that's the problem you can't have guys 
declare in January and then all of a sudden be able to come back in April because that screws with your whole class dynamic and who you might have taken. So if it was up to me, they would move that back and then allow you to be able to go so far into the process and then come back instead of, okay, you have to be declared before any of this really takes place. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really think that's fair to the kids. So I I mean, they can almost have like pre-combine type stuff. I mean, not necessarily even like the full-blown combine, but pre-stuff to kind of Hey, you know what? You might want to go back for another year. Well, kind of like the mini rookie camps they do that aren't for everybody. You know, like those first couple camps they do in the NFL for the rookies and stuff. They're not really for anybody. They're not. They're just kind of get you acclimated and see where what's going on. That kind of thing they could do with them. That doesn't really count for anything. But you're in an environment with all these guys. Let's see where you're at. You know, let's see where you stack up. I mean, to me, it's like it'd be like a business, like say, uh, I don't know, a a corporation. We're gonna hire you on here. That you know. Here in three months, we want to hire you on as you know supervisor of this. And then six months later, they're like, okay, well, now we're just going to hire you in a janitor. You know what I mean? Like, like wait a minute, how, how did that happen? Like, I didn't do anything hardly to get yeah. – how the hell does that happen? Like, you went from, it doesn't make sense. You went from 150K to 40K. Yeah, like, I mean, that's kind of what they're doing to these kids. I mean, like, they're, they're projecting them at this, then all of a sudden now they're dropped down to here. That cost those kids a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And they could have came back for another year and got better and, and did better the next year in the draft. Yep. It's, to me, it's a bad system, too. Yeah, I would like to see him do it a little differently, but it's going to take a lot of people getting together that probably will never get together. So, um, one other major note. Well, two. I got two left. One major one. Um, the lawsuit against Baylor. That was a few days ago. We found out that was going to be allowed to go forward. Uh, it sounds like Baylor better start getting their ducks in a row and figuring that out. Because I mean, I've heard no, several different numbers. Um, as far as how many men were involved and players in the year. And, you know, the main thing sounds like, you know, what roughly – I forget the exact year, but I think it was roughly like 2011 to 2014. No, it was – roughly the stretch we're talking about here. Oh four to was They go back that far? Yep. Okay, that one lawsuit I was looking at said it was basically no, focused is, on the last three or four is, years. This is ten lawsuits. So, okay, I was looking at ten, maybe this one plaintiffs. specific one then. But, yeah, you got six lawsuits going on versus the score right now. And so, yeah, it, it's going to be the, the the sheer numbers of these things are are like just mind blowing. I mean, it shouldn't happen, you know, one time. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, you could see some idiots, you know, doing this every one. You know, you, it's just human nature. I mean, like, there's going to be bad people everywhere, but it, just like the sheer number that was going on there is just like mind blowing. Yeah, I mean, I, I can understand. I feel bad for Baylor fans if you're, you know, graduate of the university or whatever, but I can see why the university is getting sued. These mm-hmm. numbers are outrageous. Well, and I think, too, the one that really just the smoking gun to me, and I, and it's going to take some proving in court, but it, it, we've heard it so many times, and I think enough people will be able to prove it. And this might be the most despicable thing of all of it. It's really kind of hard to pick that in this whole thing as a whole. But the claims, are still alleged claims, I guess, at this point, from the women and some of the victims that they were misinformed of their Title IX rights, what they were going to be allowed to do in this situation, and then basically, to put it nicely, allegedly, um, you know, kind of told not to start naming some of these guys for the wrong reasons instead of helping them out. You know what I mean? They were right. getting bad advice to protect the school and the players, um, and you know, take that as far as as you want to with that whole thing. But to me, that if that is true, putting that on the school, that's just going to be. Well, and, and you also had the, the people allegedly being told, you know, they were being shamed because they had been drinking when this occurred. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah, college students everywhere drink. Mm-hmm. That does not make what well, happened 
okay. Right. To me, that's as bad as it's, you shouldn't have worn such a shirt, skirt, yeah. or a well, low top shirt. They, or what they've done is they said, well, the drinking's not, you know, drinking's not allowed at university. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's against the student code. Well, then how come mm-hmm. all the football players didn't control for that too? Then yeah, exactly. Because I mean, that's you're the environment down, that did all that. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, they were at the party or whatever too. Mm-hmm. You think all of them were saints and just standing there watching everybody else drink? And no. come on, it's college. I mean, I know this is a Baylor Baptist University, but it's college. Right. I mean, let's get real. Yeah, but we grew up in the South. We know how. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, it's, you know, Southern Baptists can party too, whether you want to admit it or not. I don't know. I, I just think, you know, there's a lot of things in here that are going to be ugly, and I just don't know. I don't see an end in sight on this situation anytime soon. I, I hate that for Baylor fans because I know to some degree people have moved on, but I, you're just never going to move on from this situation for a long time. I hate that for them, well, but it's just going to keep going Well, up. eventually it just has new news needs to stop coming out. Exactly. Eventually you just got to. You know, okay, now it's finally all out on the table. Get this thing let's, in the courtroom. And, let's see what's yeah, going to happen exactly. from here. Not well, and every I, two weeks you get breaking news on it. And I, and I blame the university for that, too. Mm-hmm. Like, everything was tr- – they kept trying to suppress everything instead of just opening it up and letting it all out. And then it kept trickling out, and so it just kept coming back up. I mean, we talked about it multiple times. It's, and, and that goes that back kills to, them. And that goes back to the Ken Stars and the Art Briles trying to cover their ass and not wanting this stuff to get out, trying to protect themselves to the very end. And then, you know, once they've gone so far with these lies that the school and everybody had almost no choice but to carry them out until they were finally busted. You know what I mean? Like, they couldn't, they weren't, or for whatever reason, they chose not to go back on a lot of this information. So they were still protecting Art Bryles. If you remember, there was like a chant in the party to try to get him to come back and be coached by some of the people. The so, hashtag Art. Hashtag yeah. CAB. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, they were yeah, still ACB, trying to protect yeah. this guy. And there's still Baylor fans I see out there to this day on things, you know, swear allegiance he did not do anything wrong if you still believe that art browse did nothing wrong you really need some help he does because he did a lot of things wrong well and i think that being said i mean to take it for baylor fans here i think that's just a small small portion i think, oh, no, no, I think most yeah. of them are realistic yeah. they yeah. understand there's problems Obviously. there and they're not they're not happy about it or proud of it they, they think something needs to be done too mm-hmm. it's just you always have those certain idiots that always try to represent your university that are total jackasses. Yeah, obviously, and and I yeah, obviously I'm not pinning on everybody. Yeah, 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 exactly. There's yeah, there's not a fan base that doesn't have jackasses. That's for sure. What is they always say like the idiots get the loudest mic or whatever? Like that's I mean, you're you those idiots in your fan base are always going to be the ones that that get the most vocal, you know. So uh, one other thing I thought was interesting, uh, I figure since we had you two here because you guys would know the most about it. Uh, the Oklahoma State situation, some of the, the off-the-field news and notes, people getting moved around and whatnot, just, you know, I'll open that up to you guys. Sure. Okay, so uh, I think the most interesting thing, this all started with the opening of spring camp, which was, on, I believe, on Monday. But, you know, the uh, the media gathered for the, the post-practice session media availability, and Coach Gundy announced, and it was in the media guide, that Ramon Richards had moved to safety, mm-hmm. which – you know, for the Oklahoma State fans out there, there's not a lot of depth returning at cornerback. At cornerback, so it's kind of an interesting thought process to to move your best returning cornerback to safety when you have no other cornerbacks returning with any real. You know, some guys play, but not a lot of game experience. Mm-hmm. So that was definitely interesting. And then a guy that I kind of pegged to replace Jordan Stearns as the, the star, as one of the starting safeties was Kenneth Edison Magruder, and he actually got moved to linebacker. You know, and I think this kind of goes back to to maybe I think Kendall said it earlier in the show that in in spring ball you kind of you get to play with stuff. If it doesn't work, you know, they go through practice and everything, and Ramon doesn't doesn't do well at safety. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, moving back to corner, we'll we'll go back from there. Mm-hmm. Well, but yeah, that's definitely some interesting development starting right off the bat. And, and sometimes that can be good for a player too, because sometimes 
if, if you're struggling in a position or, you know, you don't feel comfortable there, a, a move like that might actually spark you on to play better football. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, only time will tell. Maybe that's a bad move for him and they move him back. But, I mean, th- there's sometimes, you know, as a player, we've all played, you know, different sports like baseball. You play one position and you're like, man. But you get switched, like, say, to the out- from infield to outfield, and all of a sudden, outfield, you're able to play better baseball. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's same type of thing. I think he can still contribute to the team, but maybe he's able to contribute more at that position. You know, only time will tell, though. And, and sometimes these also could just be messages by the coaches to certain players. Um, you know, you're there's certain players coming up behind you that are really pushing you now, and I don't think you're getting the, you know, you're not getting the message here that you need to step it up and play harder. And that can be that. I mean, we've seen it like Colin was talking about, too, with just playing around. Um, God help me, I forgot his name. The the um, defensive back, well, he was a wide receiver, defensive back at OU, ended up transferring last year. They tried him at corner. Quick. Uh, quick, yes, Makaya Quick. He, I mean, he's, you know, that was a guy that last spring they were talking about, well, we're going to try him at corner and see what happens. And I think you saw it develop on the field maybe once in the whole entire season. And they, it was basically out of necessity. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, that, that that kind of stuff happens. They do experiment with that stuff. So just like the offenses we talked about, don't take everything to heart you're going to see in the next right. two months, three months. Well, Some of it's just playing around. One thing that I kind of took from it, and this was my take on it, maybe, maybe it's not a permanent move, and maybe it is, but I think one thing that it was designed to do was to get all these young cornerbacks a lot of reps in spring ball because mm-hmm. – there's going to have to be several of these guys to step up and play. I know yes, true. they're they're in play for a graduate transfer from Clemson. Mm-hmm. Who knows if they get him. If they don't, you know, you're going to have some young guys playing and they need all the reps they can get. And let, let's be honest with, with Richards, we kind of know what he is at corner. Mm-hmm. He's a guy yeah. that you, you put him out on an island, he's going to get burned occasionally. Right. He makes big plays. So maybe they're saying, hey, you, you know, you go back here and you play the ball and – and, and make the plays we know you can. And really, that might might fit his game better. Mm-hmm. Might, instead of being a coverage guy, he's more a ball hawk, and it might be his you know his forte. He might actually fit it better. Personally, but I think he's better if he can if he gets to see everything in front of him and go attack instead right. of having to stay with the guy just from watching him play. Well, and you know, like you were saying, once we get into fall fall camp, and you know they still have him there, and they have you know other corners. That, that's when that's when the telltale sign is, is like yes, he is moving to that position because I mean, like we said, spring ball. It's kind of time to try to tweak things, see see you know if people play better positions like you know, but we don't actually know that's you know what's going to happen come fall time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, uh, and you know also if he you know talking about having to get a lot of reps, if he gets hurt, you know obviously you're going to have to have people there too. So yeah, I mean, you, you, it, it is important to get them there. So you yeah, know, we'll see what goes where that goes with that. Yeah, two more interesting things from from camp so far. If you look at the uh, the media guide, starting left tackle right now is a redshirt freshman. Dylan Galloway, so that's a little bit worrisome for for me if I'm an Oklahoma State fan. If you're you're putting you know Rudolph's blindside in the hands of a redshirt freshman, but is that just like I was just saying? Is that to send a message to somebody? Do you guys not have a more viable option? Forgive me for not knowing that off the top of my head, but you not have a more viable, experienced option there right now? No, I okay. mean really, not really. But I mean, but that being said, it could be. They might not have anybody else. They might move a right ta- you know, right guard over to left tackle mm-hmm. or something yeah, by the time things start. You, you, there's still well, a lot of time. You could have guys that were, you know, maybe not really on the coach's radar that were, you know, a sophomore last year that were backing up somebody or third on the depth chart that just has an explosive fall or summer and then boom, they're right there starting when the season starts. So, I mean, that does happen. And they, and they might be rewarding the kid for, you know, busting his butt all year, getting better every game. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they're trying to reward him for that. And it's, and it's his job to lose, but if he – does it play well? Then we, we move him out of the way. Well, I mean, you know? look at Eric Wren. Nobody knew who Eric Wren was. I mean, it's Oklahoma fans did, but nobody really knew who Eric Wren was this time last year. And then he goes and becomes a starting center at Oklahoma, you know, right there in front of everybody and beats out a player that 
played center the year before. So, right. you well, know. They, they had a guy come in last year, Shane Richards. He's like 6'8", 300-something-odd 300 pounds. Mm-hmm. He was a Juco kid. He came from New oh, Mexico, yeah. I believe. Yeah. He had his knee scoped earlier this spring, so he hasn't actually been able to start practicing yet. So maybe, you know, maybe the media guy is just showing – as of now, right. this is who it is. Maybe he steps into that role. They're also in on a graduate transfer from Cal, who's like 6'8", 350. But I had read something that actually sounds like he may be a little bit of a Texas Tech lean. Well, see, in te- um, you know, that's another thing. Oklahoma State's had a lot of success with these graduate transfers in the last few years. Mm-hmm. I think you guys yeah, have a good sh- I mean, you guys usually always get at least one. And uh, you're usually in the running for a couple. So I would look for you guys to get those. And that, speaking of that kid's size that you were talking about, that's one other thing I've noticed in the last year or two. The Big 12 is starting to recruit some monstrous offensive linemen. I mean, just, and yeah. Tech Tech has always done it across the board. If you've looked at their if you if you aren't familiar, go back and look at their offensive lines like the last 5 to 7 years. They've just monsters across the board. And and you know, they and they've been real successful with it, especially in pass def- coverage or er, pass protection. So, you know, I've started noticing that Oklahoma's got monstrous ones. Oklahoma State does. Uh Kansas State, I think if I remember right, got a couple of big ones this year. Uh, Baylor tries to get I think they were on the board for him I don't know if they got him or not so they're you're starting to see some really monstrous guys come into this league especially at tackle oh last thing um Jelani Woods mm-hmm. 6 7 253 pounds yeah. as a freshman coming in to play quarterback that's a big boy and Gundy said that by the time that you know he actually develops goes through the conditioning does the weight program and everything that he expects him to put on about 270 pounds on his frame <laughs> any chance, and I know this is going to sound crazy, but Golly. any chance, I mean, you guys have gotten some pretty good quarterbacks. There's not some bad ones there now. I, I think they could do a little better in the pass department, but you got some potential ones coming in that are pretty good too. Any chance that kid becomes a tight end? I actually brought that up the other day yeah, in the I mean, chat. I, if if it doesn't work out, which I think they'll give him every opportunity to to you know become the heir apparent to, to Rudolph, but if it doesn't work out, if you, if you can convince him to stay, because, you know, with quarterbacks all the mm-hmm. time, if they don't, they, if they yep. find out they're bypassed, they're transferring. Yep. But he'll have the perfect body to play cowboy back. That's mm-hmm. the kind of guy that they want. This is a Blake and, and he runs well. Yeah. And it would be, I mean, in thinking long term, that would be a really good NFL caliber type tight end. Like mm-hmm. the type of tight ends they like to have. Mm-hmm. Tall, big, can block, can pass, catch, can run. I mean, like he would be the prototype. If, if you're building a tight end, that's yeah. what that, that would be the guy you'd want. Well, kind of like Blake Bell. I kind of think Blake Bell, had he done that move sooner, might have had a better career at that. He was the right frame. He just I don't think he ever had enough experience to pull at, it off. At the same time, though, if if he can throw it, he can play. Oh, no, I, I'm all at, for that. At 6'7", yeah. 270, you don't think the NFL people would be oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that? that's, <laughs> Absolutely. That's bigger, that's bigger, but basically Big Ben back, back there playing quarterback for you. So, I mean, yeah, that's – Yeah, you better bring a load to tackle him. Yeah. You're, exactly. not an arm tack, you're not an arm sack him, that's exactly. for sure. And like I said, he moves well at his frame. Um, I don't. I don't remember. And I, you know, I remember when he got recruited. I don't remember him being anywhere near that weight. But I guess I just he overlooked was about it. Six, I thought he was like two thirty, two twenty five. No, something he, like I that. think he was like two thirty five, two forty something. Okay. So yeah, I mean, he's he's a big kid. It'll be interesting to see. And then how much you know does he? Obviously, strength coaches know how to put the weight on in the right places. But how does he lose anything? Does he lose a step right. putting that much on? That's something you got to watch too. Because I think. The way he is now, he could be very good as long as his passing, you know, comes up like it should. I think with the way he moves now, it could be a really dangerous quarterback. So, Maybe, uh, we'll uh, see. shooting guard for the OSU basketball team, too. <laughs> <laughs> a three guy, something like that. Yeah, it wouldn't hurt him, I guess. Um, yeah, that's kind of all I had for this week's kind of news and notes. I mean, there, there wasn't a lot there, but we are starting to get into 
um, that time of year when things come on spring ball, it's getting ready to get exciting. So, uh, Big 12 baseball is fired up and softball. That's been going great. So, you know, we've, we've started posting some of that stuff. Um, did you guys kind of want to get into the combine elsewhere next? Is that what you were wanting to cover? No, I think you about you got everything, everything on the combine. Okay. Well, let's be honest. There wasn't a whole lot in the combine, but as we, as I say that we, we would be probably roasted if we didn't mention Jordan Willis's performance at the combine. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the guy just had great. freak numbers there. You know, he did himself a lot of good at the combine. Yeah. He's going to go way up the boards now because you saw what kind of player he was. And then now, you know, the dude's also athletic. Um, and you know, obviously the Ross kid, I know he's not a big 12 player, but the Ross kid breaking the record there, that was just nuts. Well, so. and, and covering Texas, uh, unfortunately you had uh, foreman, he had the stress yeah. fracture in his foot and he wasn't able to really participate in any of the drills outside of bench press. My fault. I had that on my page and I forgot to bring it up. Uh, yeah, that was the last thing I wanted to talk about him with this fracture. Yeah. I was kind of want to talk to you. How do you guys think that's going to, okay, where did you guys think with him coming out? You know, and again, keeping in mind, this is a really loaded running back class yeah. and he's a really good I, running back, but I wouldn't exactly call, I don't know that I would yet call him a game breaker. It depends on what you're going to put him in the big, in the I, NFL. I, I read, I had read that there were some concerns with his weight. They wondered if he could could play really good at that weight. He actually went in, I believe he actually weighed in the 230s. He had actually lost some weight. See, and I think that's going to help with that I stress think factor situation and stuff like that too and his ability, you know, people to get more interested in him. I, you know, I don't know that, you know, sometimes that's what happens with these guys that get really big or too big for their body and what they're trying to do. They start getting injuries like that. So they may force him to lose weight. Yeah, it's probably better for him to play at that. I mean, mm-hmm. 250 is a lot of weight to be carried on. In a, it on a really was. Back. And and I don't think in the NFL they're necessarily going to try to – and look at, you know, Le'Veon Bell is a perfect example. That dude was a tank coming out of college at Michigan State. A lot of people don't remember. He was a monster, and he just plowed through people. And now he's the most agile, one of the most filthy backs in the entire NFL. I never saw that guy in that frame. So who knows? If they can get him to lose the weight the right way, he may be somebody that does something right. like that, you know? Um, you know, I ne- if you would have – I would have bet my freaking mortgage that that player wasn't inside Le'Veon Bell's body coming out of college. So, you know, you never know what could happen on something like that. Uh, so kind of, I guess then we'll, we'll kind of shift to basketball real quick. If you guys want to talk about that. Yeah, we're gonna, I know we're not, that's not really our forte, but it is that time of year. Hey, it's so I March feel like Madness time. I feel we're, like we have to bring it up. We're going to let Corey lead the charge here. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I cover so much basketball. Well, I mean, we've got the Big 12 basketball tournament going on, which is, you know, firing up well, today. Yeah. And so uh, – I mean, kind of looking at, you know, Colin, what are you kind of wanting to see out of this Big 12 basketball tournament? What, I mean, which teams do you think can help themselves and which teams do you think can really, you know, maybe get themselves out of the tournament? Uh, helping themselves, I think, is probably you know, Iowa State, Baylor. I think a, a win for Baylor would kind of solidify them on the two line. Uh, I really would like to see OSU beat Iowa State. I think that would maybe bump them up to a six seed, which would obviously be good for them. Now the the reward for beating Iowa State is just getting to play Kansas in uh you know Lawrence East yeah or, yeah <laughs> in front of that and, and yeah. for all intents and purposes I mean Iowa State travels just as good as Kansas they do they do so it's gonna be a, a nut house up that's, there that's one thing that always amazed me when I went to the Big Twelve basketball tournament was how well Iowa State travels I mean they they bring the folks I mean mm-hmm. obviously Kansas is right there so I mean it, that makes sense again but. I, I know we talk about it in football all the time but I'm telling you there's I don't know that I would find you a better more underrated fan base in the country I, I especially agree especially in the football scene. I mean I know basketball well, they're better I'm people take State. it from yeah Iowa State yes. yeah I, I just, just their their fans are ridiculous they they're dedicated I would say and I went to the uh the Big 12 wrestling championship this weekend and and uh 
I would say Oklahoma State had tons of people there because it's Tulsa, Oklahoma. But you know, Iowa State had probably after Oklahoma State and OU, I would say they had the most fans. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they traveled you know pretty good for the wrestling tournament that far too. I was I was impressed. Yeah, I, I have a few kind of questions, just kind of hitting it up because there's kind of a how would I put this? There's kind of a clear. I feel like, and I could be wrong, so feel free to correct me, a clear one and two in this league right now in basketball. And then there's like a real good just kind of mix of teams. Okay, obviously we think Kansas is probably going to be a one seed. Absolutely. If, if things carry out. Well, I think I mean, if they lose tomorrow, they're a one seed. Yeah, I think. So it's, that, it's that concrete. I think they're, they lock, they're locked children. in a one seed okay. no matter what, That's my, in my opinion. So do you see Baylor any, any lower than a three? No. Not, not unless they just went out and got embarrassed in the first game out of the tournament. But, I mean, if it's, even if they lost the game, it was competitive, they're at the lowest of three, in my opinion. Okay, th- uh, let's say, put it this way. Things fall as they should in the tournament. You probably end up with Baylor and Kansas. Unless they're are they in the same side of the bracket, that shows how much I've looked no. at it. Okay, so you got Baylor and Kansas. If they fall into the championship game, in things fall as they should. Where are some of these other teams sitting? Because I know where they're ranked right now. Right. But I don't know necessarily that's how they would come out or how I would even seed them in the tournament necessarily. I, I think they'll I think West Virginia probably about a four seed, if I was guessing. Iowa State probably f- depends on if, if Iowa State can make a run in the tournament, I, I say they can they're probably a five seed, but if they were not to make a run, I think at very lowest to be a seven. But I think I think pretty much locked in at a six. I think they can move up to a five, but I don't really see them dropping and then Oklahoma State, they in my opinion, they're pretty much locked in at seven. And I think they would have to like go the finals to get to really get some movement up, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And then Kansas State, they're they're going they're going to have to make a hell of a run just to make it to the tournament. Well, that was a question I had about them was you know early on. Well, I say early on into into February even you could say, I think they had like four losses getting into February, maybe five something like that. And they were all just ridiculous losses at the end. They lost. They you know a guy hits a layup, they win. Another guy makes a layup with at the buzzer, they lose. You know on and on and on. Then all of a sudden, it kind of seems like they've kind of quit in the last thirty days. Do you are do you do you fear them at all in the tournament? Is, are they done? Are, is there any is there any kind of noise you think is going to come they, out of the team? Didn't they win against Baylor? Yes. I mean, th- that's a crazy thing about them is that they're really talented. And every team in the Big Twelve is. But see, really that's talented. been the Big Twelve to me this year. Watching it, you know, again, I don't watch a lot of basketball, but watching it as much as I do, it seems like. A lot of these teams in the middle could beat anybody, including you know any of the teams in the, in the middle and other teams outside in the country, just depending on what day you catch them on. It seems like, you know, we, you've had weird wins and weird losses. Yeah. You know, West Virginia loses to Oklahoma well, in Morgantown. Well, like that's one of those things too. You know, where like West Virginia, the the type of basketball they play though, if they can get you to turn the ball over with the pressure they put on you, they're gonna light your ass up. But if you're able to break that. You could beat them. Yeah, they they're, don't. They're, have, they're, they're, they're not offensively. Yeah, the, yeah. The, it's it's like everything that comes off that press. And if you have a team that can beat that press, you can beat them. Mm-hmm. They're not they're not like above average athletic team. It's just the type of basketball they play puts you in bad situations, and they yep. capitalize on. And it. in my opinion, that kind of and obviously he's going to recruit for that to some extent to be able to do that. Uh, and outside of just obviously conditioning the living hell out of his players, I'm sure. Um, but they, he, you just don't ever see anybody that just totally scares you offensively. And even if you do, to me, do you think that's somewhat of a downside of that playing that way? Nobody's got any legs left by the end of the game if they need to make shots. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so I don't. They're never going to scare you, even if they do have decent offensive players. I don't think because they're going to be too wore out by the end of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they're, they're okay. I'd say they're average offensively. They're not like you know, uh, you know, North Carolina or anything offensively. But just the style of basketball they play. If you if you play into their hands. The, the they're they're capable of beating anybody in the country whenever 
they turned the make you turn the ball over in the half court well, because you, they, you saw that earlier in the season with OSU when they were running that press when they were right. trying to get steals and everything and they were turning people over so much and then you get in and you play you know the conference opponents you're like okay we got to change something because they're just killing us on the backside right exactly so that you know to to West Virginia's credit they they've recruited the guys that can do that and they they run and they they get in the lanes continuously and they're coached so well in doing yeah. that and they've done it so long like I mean mm-hmm. Huggins. He's got. I mean, he knows what how to make make that press work. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a he's a genius when it comes to that. Yep. There's no doubt. I mean, I mean that's that's another team like in the Big Twelve tournament. If they were to win the whole damn thing, it wouldn't like shock me any. Because I mean, if they, if they catch you on the right day and you turn the ball over, they're gonna light you up. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. I guess exactly. that was my question to you, Kendall and Corey. Was out of the the top four teams, Kansas, Iowa State, Baylor, West Virginia. Who do you have winning the Big Twelve tournament? I mean, I mean, how do you go against Kansas? I, I think Baylor could beat them. Baylor's definitely got the firepower to beat them, but I just don't know how you go against Kansas. I really don't. I, I'm saying, wait. I mean, until until someone takes down that bear, I mean, you just gotta you gotta say they're gonna win it. But I mean, as long as they stay healthy and all those things. But Frank Mason's been unbelievable the last two weeks. I mean, I mean sh- it's short of you know the two regulation halves in Lawrence against uh, was it West Virginia. Um, nobody's really even looked like they could touch him recently in this league. I mean, they've they've well, kind of finished they, strong against everybody. They beat Kentucky. They yeah. beat you know that's a number. That's a, they're locked for number two seed in the tournament. They've already mm-hmm. beat them. I mean, if you go through their list of you know conference wins, that was in Lawrence, wasn't it? Uh, no, that wasn't. That it was, was in Kentucky. Yeah, it was okay. a rump. Yeah. So I mean, if you look if you look at their you know they they've put themselves at that one seed. I mean, I, I just even if they were to lose the first game tomorrow night, they play. I don't see there's any way they're dropping out of the one seed. I and, just don't. Yeah, if they that, start losing, they could just rest all their starters and, and take the loss and go to the one seed. That yeah. said, I still – I mean, you know, obviously there's so many different outcomes in basketball. I don't, I don't give them a great shot at winning the tournament. I mean, I I think they're a really good team, but I just – I don't know. I don't know. Could, could it be a little bit of their history in the tournament maybe? But they just don't – they don't have the depth to me that some of the Kansas, the good, really good Kansas teams have had. I just I don't I mean they could by by all means they there's a good shot to go to the final four I just don't I don't give them a whole lot of shot I, winning the whole tournament I'd say they they have a really good shot actually that to me this whole field is down yes well it, I'm not saying they they should that like okay I don't know what probability you want to put on it but I'm just saying like if you gave me like no, two I, I three or four favorite teams I don't think they would be in my top three I, or four I get what you're saying the, I, the front court for Kansas is is a big question mark to me their guards are ridiculous yeah and the front court you know if you get Josh Jackson on a good night he He's one tough. of the better players in the country but. And, it's not what it has been in the past, but at the same time, everybody else is having that issue too. It's not just – there's not just elite teams across the board. And the tournament's one of those things too, though. If you're playing really good basketball during the tournament, you can make you it hot. Well, yeah. yeah you know, like UConn that one year with Kimba Walker. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they came out of nowhere. Exactly. Burned everybody. And look at like George Mason that one year. They, they were just – they were just hot. I mean, that's all there was to yeah, it. Florida Gulf Coast a yeah. few years ago. So, I mean, there, there's so many teams like that. Now, I mean, Kansas has the talent. If they could get on a roll like that, they, they could do some damage. Definitely, yeah. Now, now are they, or would they be my favorite to win the whole thing? Uh, probably not. But, I mean, would it shock me if they if they go to the Final Four? No, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Oh, no. I And I do think there's a good shot. I, you know, probably just because how you would play that in the odds and everything, I'd probably say Elite Eight. Um, but definitely wouldn't shock me if they go to the Final Four. I expect them to. I, I still and, think when it comes I still think that the a lot of team that a lot of people are overlooking is that Oregon team. They're so good on both sides of the ball. They're really athletic. They're all tall. Well that, that brings up a good point. Is you until that selection Sunday comes out, you don't really know what your bracket looks like. You mm-hmm. might get put in a bracket where it, you're like you could struggle to get out of or it could be a cakewalk to get out of. Mm-hmm. You really don't know until they put that thing together. See, but don't you think that Oregon's kind of been exposed 
When you can take uh, – it's Brooks, right? Right. When you can take him out of his game, they fall apart. It does yeah. hurt them because he does hit a lot of their points. But I, I feel like they play good enough defense that it's going to keep them in a lot of games too, though. Well, and I'm, I'm anxious to see too with, like, Oregon, whenever they have to play more competition. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the Pac-12 – they're 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 top really really top heavy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the mid that's the it. mid and the lows are pretty. UCLA not, is Arizona. Arizona, UCLA, and Oregon. That's yeah. really about it. The rest of them, you you might you, they're they're not very good. Well, given and so, I mean that being said, the Big Twelve it seems to be more balanced. But that that doesn't necessarily mean anything. When you get the tournament, like I said, it, it could it could be a crapshoot. Well, I've I've read several articles talking about how the uh, conference schedule for the Big Twelve actually hurts them going into the tournament because. You never have a night off. You don't yeah, have, that's what I was going to ask. You don't have a, like, a dog to beat on every once in a while. We can rest your guys. You're going, you know, I forget the stat, but like 37% of the games are decided by less than five points or in overtime. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask because, you know, I know last year, you know, Oklahoma went to the Final Four. You had three or four good Big 12 teams, I think, that did decent, went to the tournament. Um, but, you know, overall, the Big 12, especially in recent years, hasn't just, you know, overwhelmingly had a great reputation in the tournament. Do you think that is – the case they're just beating the living crap out of each other and nobody's left standing at the end of the year mm. are they really any well, worse than any of the other college teams well, or? another thing about basketball too is, is like we talk about it's, it's matchup based i mean if like take oklahoma state for example if, if they play a team that has decent guards but a weak inside they can compete with them all day mm. long if they put a, they put someone strong inside that is a beast inside they're going to struggle assault against north carolina yeah so i mean it, it, it really comes down to a lot of matchup base but that being said i mean Kansas, Baylor, they they have enough talent, uh, you know, inside and outside, to, to make a run. Yeah, Molly is ridiculous. He is. Baylor. He's unbelievable. <clears throat> so I mean, they they they're the two that I think can make the deepest run. But that being said, if they got beat in the Sweet Sixteen, if it was a bad matchup, it wouldn't. That's like shock yeah. me either. Well, see, that's the thing with me. Like to me, Baylor is more um, adaptable than Kansas is. Like if you, I think Baylor can go in with their athletes. To me, they just look and play so athletic across the five and even under the bench that I feel like they could do a better job adapting to whatever they face than Kansas can. The, right. the thing that gets me with Baylor, though, is they've never established – they've had these just crazy athlete mm-hmm. athletes on the team, and they go in, you're, you have high expectations going into the tournament, and it's like, like last they've year. never lived up yeah, to it. They yeah, they get to the round of 32 know. or something, it's like, oh, out. Like yeah, last year. they've never lived up to yeah. it. They do it. It's not – Every year, but yeah. the last the last five years, six years, you could say at least half of those they've had some really good athletic teams, mm-hmm. and you just you know it's like okay they they're, had that they're one team that like, they make the elite eight one year mm-hmm. yeah so I you know I I just feel like that group of athletes now you know obviously coaching is a big factor in college and obviously I would give the coaching edge to Bill Self you know I can't even think of better coach off the top of my head at the moment Scott is it Scott uh, Drew yeah Drew yes um, you know so I would obviously give that coaching edge to him but you know I just We'll see. Do you guys feel like, to some degree, that makes the Big 12, are they overrated? Is it really I, a case of everybody is that good, or is it a case of they're all just so equal we can't really tell? I think it's a case of they're all that good. Yeah, I think so, too. Because, I mean, look at their non-conference, what they've done in the non-conference. It was, it, they, they went out and played That's the true. teams. That's true. They destroyed and, and, teams. You know, yeah. and they beat them. It, it, so, they I had mean, the bad showing in the SEC challenge. Yeah. 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 Which, looking back, OU's lost to Florida is not that bad. No. no. Florida's apparently a damn good team. Yeah. You know, well, then, like, Oklahoma State beat uh, Texas, you know, excuse me, Arkansas. Arkansas is going to be a seven or, I mean, like, eight eight seed, their projection in the tournament. Like, 30. Yeah. Arkansas so, I mean, is coming. I think in yeah. the next four or five years, Arkansas is coming back. So, I mean, if, if you look if you look overall as a Big 12 as a whole, what they did in non-conference, they, they played really well mm-hmm. compared to other, other leagues. So, I mean, I, 
I don't I don't necessarily think it's overrated, but but the thing is in the tournament, like we talked about, if you have a bad matchup, you could get kicked out that day night, and you know it's, it's one game, and you're mm-hmm. you're going home. It's not like you know you get a World Series or something where you're playing best out seven. And Kansas well, and knows can, that better than anybody. Yeah. And you can run into one of those mid major teams that just has one guy go crazy. Yeah, exactly. It mm-hmm. takes over the game and like a Butler that you know yeah. they went to. It's, it's, so I mean, it's it's kind of a crapshoot. But I, I, don't, I my, if I if I was looking at the big being as far as NCAA wise, I think Baylor and Kansas have the best opportunity to go long term. You know, yeah. T- but yeah. That being said, uh, Iowa State could shoot their way. That's what I'm saying. And, and then West Virginia, if they can get you turn the ball over, them going to the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight wouldn't surprise me at all. Because if they get the right matchups. And their guard plays a little bit weak. They are going to eat them alive. Well, see, that's the thing about them, especially if they can win that first matchup every weekend, because you know people are going to have four or five days to prepare for them. But then they're going to have a short turnaround two nights later to have to play them. Right. They're going to have that advantage in that situation, you know, especially somebody that hasn't seen it a lot. So and not hardly anybody in the country runs that. Yeah, I mean, they're, exactly. they're one of the only few that really to that to that big, level. There may not be anybody that runs it that way. And the power fives, I don't think anyone else really does. Yeah. I mean, they they from from the time that the ball tips off to the game of the game, they're pressing you. There's no yeah. doubt. So it's. Uh, it's that's my here's a question for you guys there's a lot of talk nationally even going around that OSU's kind of a team you don't want to play going into the tournament what do you what do you kind of feel that the ceiling is for them in the tournament to, to me I, on a, I mean if I if I was trying to pay, I say sweet 16 would be that's the ceiling too I, I think they could make it out of the first weekend if the matchups are right but I mean, I, I honestly don't think they're talented enough to go any deeper than that. See, and maybe, and obviously, I'm not a fan, so I'm not going to be as um, tied to them as some other people. Considering the recent history, I know it's a new coach, and everybody's excited, and everybody's ready to get things going. Considering the recent history and where they've been and where they've come from and what he's done in a single year, I feel like you know, if you win a game in the tournament, that sh- you guys, they the OSU fans should be pretty happy and say well, we're looking I'll, forward. I'll, I'll be honest, but, I'm excited just making the tournament. Yeah, but, <laughs> especially after that story we had the Big Twelve well, play. I've know? heard some, I've heard and actually seen uh, again on social media some 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 things like, well, this team's talented enough. Anything less than a Sweet Sixteen is a disappointment. No, I, I just disagree with that. That's I crazy. just don't, I don't that's see that. I just don't. And I, mean, I think, especially given where you guys came from just a year ago, you're talking about a team that's finished fifth in the Big Twelve. I mean, you yeah. know, not so. I mean. If they were to make it to the Sweet 16, to me that would be an overachievement yes, more I than agree. than a an entitlement. Yeah, you know, who? Uh, how many games did Ford win in the tournament? Was it just one? Wasn't it? Or I think they did that one? one year. Yeah, there was one year they made the 32. But I, I don't remember. I think that was like his third year there. No, no you're talking about uh, Travis Ford. His first year was his first year there. Yeah, that's okay. I gave that one year contract. they made the 32. Yeah. Okay. Right, so, if he were to win one game in the NCAA tournament, he equals Ford. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, he already won uh, the the way that the Cowboys finished the year on the road. I mean, they won five straight road games. I think over the last what three years, Ford won four road games. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so I mean, uh, they're they're they're, tr- they're tracking the right direction. But I mean, for anybody to say that they they anything less than a Sweet Sixteen is a absolute disappointment to me doesn't really watch basketball well, because I, they're, they're overachieving in my opinion if they make the Sweet 16. I've seen that echo quite a bit and, and not not every time in exactly those words. Some of it has been well, I'll just be a little disappointed if they don't make the Sweet 16, but a lot of it, to me, I'm thinking how do you, I just considering where they came from and this team really isn't any different than it was last year, just a coach mostly. I mean, am I wrong about that? Personnel-wise, is there really any major difference on this team? No. Not really. Exactly. No, as far as the no. key players that go? The, the difference is, is what he's getting out of those players. Yeah. You had Carroll step up yes. and became an all-conference player. Dylan. Uh, yeah. Solomon actually Solomon, became yeah. a somewhat of a presence. I mean, he 
He was limited defensively because he had foul trouble all the time because he was basically it. If you could get him in foul trouble, you had your way. Yeah. Well, you know, just looking at I don't know if this is what I think about as far as the Big 12 going into the tournament. I think there are three teams that I would expect to make it this week 16. And two of them, to me, are kind of locks as far as their talent. That would be Baylor and Kansas. And I really think West Virginia can make it there, especially if they have the right matchup. To me, they would be a lock for Sweet 16 because mm-hmm. if they don't play teams that have very good guards, they're, they're going to destroy that team. Yeah. See, I think I, 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 I would probably favor Iowa State to make it as well. Yeah, I mean, that would be my fourth, my fourth one. I mean, you it's – Iowa State, they, I don't think they beat – no, they didn't beat Gonzaga, but they, they played Gonzaga tight yeah. at the beginning of the year. And I know it's the beginning of the year right. and you haven't established everything, but, but they're yeah, a good team. I, I think the Big 12 is pretty solid. But, I mean – it's all matchup based when it comes to tournament. Yeah. That's what that's what makes it so fun to watch. Because I mean, you, it's that's why there's so many upsets. Because you get the wrong matchup, and you, your butt's going home. And it doesn't, even though you really listed overall, you're a better team. But on that one night, you're against that team that matches you up wrong, and you're going home. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, that's what makes it fun. See, basically, spring break week is coming up here in Oklahoma. That week needs to be moved one week further back. <laughs> so, yeah. so all the parents have to take vacation for the kids. Yeah. And at least watch some basketball. Yeah. Right yeah. And, you know, I guess when we come back next week, we'll, we'll be able to have the, the seedings, right? Is it this Sunday? Se- Super Sunday? Selection yeah. Sunday. Sunday yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Selection Sunday. It's the Sunday. So, yeah, we'll have that when we come back. Um, We're going to throw out a, a bracket challenge. We can do that as long as the freaking listeners will follow directions this time because we're still sitting on a gift card that nobody's claimed. We're rolling it over to basketball now. For for the love of God, we're we're taking identification prior to the contest. I mean, I think I made it pretty blatant that all you had to do was follow the show and, you know, sign up, you know, and that's it. I mean, there really wasn't much else to it, but you had to follow it, and now we can't even track the people down. If we do do this, guys, if you make your username – at least make it somewhat identifiable as to who you are and not just some, you know, like OSU fan 12. Or if you are listening to this and do listen to future episodes, don't ignore our pleas to, hey, hey, we need to get a hold of this guy. Or if you know the per- you know, I mean, we I know we put his name out there more than once on who he was. Don't. So, I mean, I, you know, and I guess we could move down the list if we had to, but I, I just, I don't know. It's kind of aggravating. I thought we made it pretty simple. I got we're, three kids. We're, I can use the money. I so. mean, we're we're giving away a hundred dollars. I thought it would be pretty. You know, I I know maybe there's a lot of people who don't need a hundred dollars. I certainly do. So you know, I thought it would be a, a pretty big uh, enticement for people. But yeah, I think a basketball challenge would be fun though. I think we should do a bracket challenge between the listeners. It'd we could fun. do that. We we can roll that out there. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. Um, also, few notes that we need to throw in because uh, I haven't tried to do it, so I don't know if there's any confusion. But our website situation. It has not changed yet. Okay, so they don't. <laughs> yeah. they, if they type it in, it still takes us to the old one. Yes. Okay. We're, we're um, working on an update, yes. but it's still as is as it is. Uh, just a few things you want to throw out there as to why, so they understand why we're doing this. Uh, ease of use, more options. Will I, I think it'll improve it's, the overall quality. Yeah, it's more I was kind of showing Kindlewood earlier. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be much easier for you to surface just a little bit. I've seen of it on photos too. Like you can pick team pages and say, "I'm going to this team," yeah. and I'm going to find out information yeah. on this team. Well, you know, when we first started doing this, none of us ever really put together a website. So, it hell, was... I've never even hooked up audio equipment. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. this, this is all yeah. since last September. So, we've done a long yeah. So, I mean, that that was like when we did it, we tried to find the one that was easiest to use because I mean, we have no idea, we had no idea what we were doing. Now that we have a little more knowledge you know, we could kind of expand and do things differently. Yeah, so. it'll it'll give a better overall experience. It'll allow us to do a little bit more so we won't be it won't be so plain. 
I yeah. think is the main and, thing. And you'll be able to have a better communication with us through the blogs yes. and different things like that too, which would be that, mm-hmm. you know, that's when it starts getting fun. Whenever football season kicks up and you start trash talking each other, and yeah, fun. That's what I'm excited about. And you know, obviously, football is our main thing here. I I can't wait to get back to the next season because of everything we know and have learned and have developed in the last you know what three months. Yes, roughly. Yeah. Well, um, we always said so, you know going through that first season it was kind. Of, It'll kind of be a learning experience for us and the fans. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what to really expect, and now that we've gone through, we feel like the the content will be better. Absolutely. We know more about the teams that we were covering because, you know, most of us, you know, Kendall and I are OSU fans, and Brady and Corey are OU fans. But outside of that, we didn't really touch the fan base. I know Corey was kind of the the recruiting guru of all the Big Twelve teams and really nationally as well, but. We have more of an understanding of, of these teams. Well, that and we made better con- make good contacts yeah. with, with that each can school help too. us educate people. Yeah. exactly because you know, we so need we, it too. We, we've improved a lot, and I, I mean, I, I expect a lot better show from from now on for the fans as well. Yeah, I, you guys are getting a much better product, and I think the big thing for us was the break because I felt like we were so locked in during the season we couldn't have time or find time to do anything that we you know like we had to come up with some of these ideas like the recruiting specials we had to come up with that idea we you know i basically just said hey i'm going to try to reach out to this kid and see if he'll talk to us and boom next thing i know we're talking to players and people about teams so i mean you know that's given us time to come up with and brainstorm with a lot of this stuff um the writers uh, especially josh they have some very interesting ideas they do and uh, josh also has some very good connections that are going to come to the show and help us out a lot so um, I think you guys' experience as a whole starting next September will just be leaps and bounds better than it was last year. If you want to see what we're talking about, if you're late to the show, you've kind of picked up at the recruiting show, which I think a lot of people have. Check out yeah, obviously. our first couple of – check out a, a couple <laughs> Over of – Over half of our fan base came out of the recruiting check, show. Check out a couple of our first episodes, just the, the season previews. And just, the, the difference in the, just yeah, the audio just, quality and, and the content is Yeah, we've is bought amazing. better equipment. Yeah. We've all got out and got better get equipment. You, get you a six-pack of beer and turn it on. You'll laugh. And, yeah. Go back and listen to, yeah. like, episode two it of is the preview two. specials. I was, I was going to point it out because yeah. that was mine, but – Yeah, <laughs> like episode two of the preview specials, I think it was. And I, then, I think we had Brady on the line on the can phone that's, that's, well that's kind of like yeah. we were like robots trying to talk to because we, we were trying to figure everything out too it was, yeah. it was pretty entertaining yeah yeah we've come a long way it's, it's yeah it really has and it's been for the better we've enjoyed it it, 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 it honestly feels a lot longer than what we've been i don't know about to y'all but it feels like we've been doing this for over a year now what it feels like but it's only happening all in about six seven months so um you know spring football i think is gonna be fun we've got I'm some ready. ideas for that um, summer, obviously, it's, we're gonna have to work to, to come up with some stuff for that. But we got some right. ideas, and we're still coming I, up with more. All right, I got I, I, I got an idea for next year. I mean, I, 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 for I, next I, season, pretty, yeah. Well, actually, like next NFL season or mm-hmm. next uh, combine, we should do a combine. Like us, yeah. Like physically do a yeah, combine. That'd be hilarious, <laughs> especially for a guy with basically one leg. Yeah, I'm sure that would be awesome. Well, I mean, I weigh like 270 pounds. Yeah. I, it's not like I'm gonna break the leg. <laughs> I, th- I think Ross's record's pretty much set. Corey, Corey with the 10 inch vertical. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if I could do that on one foot. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Um, yeah, it was zero reps. So yeah, long, bitch. <laughs> we had to be helped. Brady would dominate. <laughs> We have to cut the bench down to like 125 instead of 225. Yeah, we'll just count each rap as a half. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we, we're we going to come up with as much as we can. Um, we got some ideas. And, again, the, the some of the writers we brought on uh, have some really good ideas for the show. And if you guys have ideas, let us know. I mean, the whole reason we make this is for y'all. I mean, it is for us. We enjoy doing it. Don't get us wrong. And it gets us the heck away from the house for a little bit, obviously. But, um, yeah. You know, you can you can send those ideas to podcast at bigxiicountry.com or or shoot it to us on Twitter at bigxii. 
country. Yep, yep. That's you fun. can uh, DM us on there, obviously. So, uh, yeah, we talked. We actually talked to a lot of people through DMs, don't we? I guess that's mm-hmm. the most way we communicate with most people. So, yeah, everyone hit us up, and then also all of our and I need to add Josh's and, and um, Hunter's on there, but all of our uh, Twitter. Uh, handles are up there at the top of our account so you can if you want to individualize one of us beat the crap out of us for something we said whatever you can go find us and do that oh and, and breaking news jockstrap will be back next week i was wondering about that yeah because yeah. i was starting to think you know the people who listen to the show now if they listen to the intro are probably yeah. thinking what the hell is a jock what are they talking about a jockstrap <laughs> yeah for? he'll be back next week so, so everybody they, ready yeah they probably don't really get that he's a lot our, of new listeners he's probably our now 11 year old intern or yeah will he's be 11. 11 yeah he's 11 oh yeah 11 yeah. year old intern yeah so he he's had the entire what off season off the entire yeah. off season off yeah season he, he hasn't been on since regular season I mean, yeah the poor kids had like been <clears throat> sick or something every single time we recorded are gone it's, yeah it's been yeah was this the last show Bedlam I think so uh, didn't he do one of the bowl game shows did he not maybe not no. I was thinking he did one of the bowl game shows but maybe not so yeah we'll be back uh, I guess next week sometime because we're we're gonna try to start to do get back on once a yeah, week we'll have to do something with all the spring football starting up which I mean we're gonna again now the content's picking up we'll have more to deal with uh, real quickly baseball just real fast I mean obviously Texas not bad mm-hmm. TCU is good Texas Tech's good Oklahoma's pretty good Oklahoma State's pretty good um, you know Oklahoma I think Oklahoma had won like twelve straight or something before yesterday so I mean there's there's some pretty good Big Twelve teams. Uh, the softball side of it, uh, bad news. Everybody in Oklahoma is going to kick the crap out of everybody again. Uh, <laughs> and good. it probably will happen again next year. So, you know, I don't really know what else to tell you about that. Although there's some really good softball teams, but it's it's not going to get any better for you in softball. Yeah, and just update on the uh, wrestling. Nationals will be starting up here in a couple weeks. And it's it's, next week. Yeah, and so it's going to be – it's going to be uh, – Big 12 is going to have a good showing there. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're – I mean, uh, they're, Oklahoma's they're not of, bad, even though Oklahoma State and Iowa State pretty much mopped the floor with them a lot of times. Iowa State's but, down. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's Oklahoma State and Oklahoma State o- Oklahoma. broke records this week. I mean, this yeah. last week. I mean, they, they they were unbelievable. I mean, we went and watched them. It was there. You could just tell they were on a different level of wrestling than the vast majority of the rest of the Big Twelve. And yeah. it's no, not a knock, knock on them. It's just that's just well, what the, it was. The, you know, the team titles, the national team title it's basically going to come down to ohio state penn state and osu yeah exactly that's that's your three big ones and penn, you know penn state lost the big 12 the big 10 title to ohio state which is a big you know that was a shocker it was a shocker to me too mm-hmm. so i mean that, that i figure that's probably gonna make them a little more angry coming into uh oh yeah you know, they almost, almost wish they would have won that. yeah you know might have oklahoma state a little bit better edge going into <laughs> it but now i think they're gonna be ready to rock on our own too everybody expected them to walk through that you know? yeah i think that it was kind of shocking uh, well the the good thing with with wrestling that it was kind of flew under the radar was when they added those i forget the term for it but they added these schools from out west and up north Mm -hmm. when they did that it kind of gave oklahoma oklahoma state gave them inroads into the big 10 recruiting grounds they've kind of been losing that and it's you're starting well, even to into the Pac-12 with, with yeah, Colorado it, State, they've added out there, mm-hmm. and some of the other ones. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Valley is in it. Mm-hmm. North Air Dakota Force. State, I believe. North, yeah, North Dakota State, South Dakota. Uh, that's it's kind of it's, 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 it's weird when you see North Dakota State, Big 12 next to it, but mm-hmm. it, it's it's helped the sport in yeah. the well, Big 12. They've done that. Another, didn't they do that in, like, gymnastics or something? Oh, too? yeah. I think it's they like added on Women's rolling. Equestrians or something. Yeah. Yeah, so and it was needed. I mean, what do we have? Like six original members that are doing wrestling. I don't four? even think it's that it's much. Four, four or six. Yeah. One of them. Yeah. So it, well, you got Iowa State, uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, 
West Virginia. Virginia. That's yeah. it. That's it. Okay, I, I thought I was thinking one of the Texas. Iowa State. You know, I well, Iowa State, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State have always been pretty right. big. Powers I really don't get why Texas doesn't. I mean, you, they're a big enough program, a big enough athletic department. They can more than afford it. Uh, at least they focus on swimming and diving. Uh, at least start yeah. it as like a. But they could be like a lot of the Pac-12 schools that do everything. You know what I mean? Like you start a little bit of a, start as a club sport, see what happens, and maybe in five years you're entering the NCAA. You know. As a real thing, I, I I just don't. They have the they have the finances to do it. Why not? It just gives yourself another platform to be out it there. It may not be as big in Texas. Well, big sport. still though, you know how many people are in the freaking state of Texas? We were just talking about that before the show. Like, there's got to be enough to form a solid wrestling group in that in that state. I mean, they do everything else really well but because how many it, people live there? The thing with wrestling though is it's not on the junior level. Like, if it's not getting started then. By the time you get to like the high school level, you're you're in trouble. Yeah, like, but I you mean, know it's, it's got to be, especially in those big schools. It's got to be. There's got to be. I mean, I don't know. Brady being living there, he probably knows a little more about it than we do. But there's got to be wrestling going on. I mean, you can't tell me that a place that size that there's not some really solid programs doing something. So yeah. we're we wrapping up our two hour show. It really kind of shocks me. <laughs> yeah, I know it was a long show, but we had a lot to cover. We've been off for a while. That's crazy. Um, so yeah, everything else. Um, anything else we need to add? We'll get more into I guess the the kind of off the topic stuff like baseball and all that yes. as we get into the summer because we don't have yeah especially just to kind of provide additional content so we're not just talking 15 minutes about football and moving on and we love it i mean we love yeah. baseball softball obviously we're huge fans so we're going to cover it so um any schools that anything the beach world shines at uh OU gymnastics um what is it iowa state rowing does really good at rowing i think it's iowa state one of them does really good at rowing i mean they're they're you know anything we see that's Talkable that yeah, we'll, we'll carry the banner. Yeah we'll, yeah, we'll see what we can't get out there for you guys. So we'll try. So if there is a few closet listeners that want to listen to that, we'll throw it out there for you. So uh, anything else we need to cover before we get out of here? I can't think of anything nope. else. No, I think you know we'll kind of keep updates as the as the site develops and look for hopefully some more content out on the website with the addition of the writers and if we get some new guys, try to bring additional stuff. Yes. On. Yeah, that'll be busier. Also, you've probably noticed the Twitter page has been a little slow. I go back on nights in uh, four days. so <laughs> It'll uh, pick up dramatically. Yeah, when I can't sleep and I'm back on nights, uh, the Twitter page will pick up dramatically during the day. So it'll get back to being normal again. I apologize for that. It's been kind of slow in recent weeks. But uh, anyway, I guess uh, that wraps everything up. Nothing else to add before we get out of here? Nope. Okay, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, we enjoyed being back. We appreciate having everybody back. Tell your friends because it's grown exponentially, and we'd like to keep that up. And I guess until next time, everybody say bye. Uh, thanks, guys. See you guys.